Back to Otaku no Radio. My name is Ink, and with me is someone I absolutely could not do this show without, my friend and co-host, Jared. Say hi, Jared. Hey, everybody. Now, this week, I'm, I'm like, super excited, because we're talking two-car, and it's just so awesome, because no one is talking about this incredible comedy anywhere I go, like Twitter, Facebook, no one's talking about it. <laughs> Uh, no, 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 no. We're not talking about two car. Sorry. I think that was just my first on ear vomit. No, we're not talking about two car. It's not him. Oh, oh, wait. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I got you confused with Haiku Podcast. We're doing that uh, a little <laughs> later. Uh, I meant, I meant, we're talking Rolling Girls, a visually engrossing episodic affair that follows five young girls as they fill in for a super. Nope. 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 Oh, right. Minami Kamakura High School Girls Cycling Club. The touching story of young girls in Spanish. Oh my they god. Ride. You're killing me here. Uh, Fate Zero? Maybe one day, but not today. Come on. What? It had Saber on a motorcycle. <laughs> okay, so since since Ink <laughs> has watched a lot of things lately, uh, let me help us both out. We're going to be talking about the 2003 anime Kino's Journey, which now has a something of a sequel or a continuation or just more Kino's Journey that's currently airing on Crunchyroll uh, right now. I think it's officially a reboot. It's a reboot. Okay, well, that's interesting, particularly with respect to that first episode, which is all I've seen of the new thing, full disclosure. Ink, tell us a little bit about Kino's Journey. So Kino's Journey is an episodic anime, meaning basically every episode is self-contained. Well, most of them anyway. Um in which there is a traveler named Kino, and Kino has uh, a travel companion, and it's a talking motorcycle, an AI-imbued motorcycle called a Motorrad. And uh, these two just go on a road trip for their entire lives. Their, their raison d'etre is to travel and to experience and live consciously. They go from town to, from country to country. Every country is a town. And they basically just stay three days in each town at tops, and then they leave. And they just get to observe, to witness, to sometimes become a part of, and then go. And the the best part about the show is just the fact that you are, along with Kino and Hermes, which is the talking motorcycle, one of the one, just another traveler. Awesome. Yeah, it, it's um, it's it's an interesting anime because for a couple of reasons. One of the things that I thought was was neat about it was it gives you this very warm slice of life color palette and like this there's this really just sort of warmth about the the look and the sound of of the series and and it kind of hits you right away like as soon as you see that first episode's intro and you know there's this happy sounding kind of music and there's there's this little person on a cute little motorcycle driving around the countryside. It's really really beautifully uh, rendered on on the screen, and and then she like whips out a revolver <laughs> just in the middle of it, like you know just kind of randomly. And um, that was my first hint that hmm okay 
this is not a slice of life anime. Oh, I sure I sure did think this was a slice of life anime, but it and it kind of is in some weird kind of twisted way, but it's more like a. It's almost like a guy with like a sociology PhD wanted to just write up all these weird scenarios about human behavior and have Kino kind of drive through them all and experience them all. And yeah, it, it's it's a it, it's it's hard to put my finger on what kind of show this is. It's it's some sort of hybrid between kind of a dystopian kind of thing and a warm just cookies and milk kind of beautiful slice of life thing and and it's very philosophical too do you think that uh, that mix is uh coincidental or something that was planned i it feels designed to me it, it doesn't feel like a happy accident and and and, and it, it very much feels like every episode you know the, the show that i kept thinking about and this is going to sound funny uh but the show that i kept thinking about while i was watching kino's journey was hell girl really yeah, because they both they're both episodic. They both have they're both really good at executing their structure. They they have different structures, but they're both very good at executing their structures. They they both have a young girl lead, which you don't find that out right away that Kino's a girl, but you do eventually. It's actually something the anime community loves about the show. It's just the fact that Kino is a stand-in for absolutely anyone because Yeah. That character is – it's not only drawn to be androgynous, but that character d usually does not go by any specific pronoun. It's always Kino or – because Kino is Kino uh, or they or there. But yeah, it's, it's just – it's the everyman or the everyone. Yeah. That's one stark difference between Hill Girl and Kino for sure. Like Lowly versus uh, androgyny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think that the, the, the thing that, that kept like drawing me back to that, to that comparison is the fact that she rolls up into some really twisted shit <laughs> like on, on multiple episodes, like really weird stuff, you know, where just the, the one of, one of my favorite episodes, one of the ones I found most interesting was one where she like helps these three dudes who are snowed in and running out of food. And they turn out to basically be slavers from a country of slavers <laughs> And they were talking with her the whole episode about, oh, we can't wait to get back home and get back to our families. And, oh, yeah, thanks for the help. Oh, by the way, we're going to enslave you. And she's like, actually, like, I'm a gun jitsu master, so no, you're not. <laughs> Have a nice day. Man, what I love about that episode, or, well, that episode, but that instance specifically that you brought up, is how well this show shows and doesn't have to blather on about anything. Because all while taking care of these these stranded or snow-stranded characters, um, you know, she's hunting rabbits, white rabbits in the snow. Um, she's using all her traveler know-how to, you know, make, you know, this, this lowly stew that they can actually bring back to people to, you know, warmth and life with. And, you know, figuring out how to get the truck unstuck and, you know, little by little. But, like, it shows her smarts, it shows her cunning, and it even shows her fortitude with the, uh, with how she handles that uh, final betrayal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, that's her. Her competence is is probably if you're looking for going kind of back to the personality aspects of her and how she's sort of an everyman kind of character. Her her competence really 
is is the thing that stands out about her the most as a in terms of characterization. Mm. She's she's a highly efficient um, you know survivalist and you know a, a hell of a shot and she's she's got like Roland Dark Tower kind of guns gunslinger skills um, and, and we see like in a two part episode about a gladiatorial kind of thing she's like spinning around and shooting stuff and I'm like good lord okay like. <laughs> Like it's not just like yeah she can hunt no no she can she can take some dudes out and like multiple dudes, but other than that though you you don't really get a lot of and 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 if I think it's sort of by I mean it's intentional I think it, it, it's the character itself you don't really get a lot of a peek inside her head you get you get glimpses but you don't really she doesn't have this really strong personality which. You know, goes back to to Ink saying, you know, how she has these everyman characteristics, and and it is true, um, because generally, you know, like she doesn't have any kind of like you know favorite fruit or like something that would like really kind of help her help us define her as an individual, um, in a, in a in a odd way, as, which is especially odd given some of the messages that this show is very keen to communicate about collectivism versus individuality, but more on that later. Yeah, I mean, the, her defining trait is her want for travel. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. pure and simple, and, you know, her observations of the world, but also the, the moral grayness that she carries with her, because she, she, it's not like a, a, a Star Trek, you know, uh, I forget what they call it, the Prime Directive. It's not a Prime Directive sort of thing. She influences, she is influenced to some degree, by each town, but really how the town influences her is just her observation of it and her taking in those stories and via V us taking in those stories. And it's beautiful because like in that, in that snow stranded traveler story, uh, again, like you mentioned, like they're telling her stories about how they have to go back to the wives because the last person in the town has to do something. I forgot what it was. It's been a little while since I rewatched it. But, like, they have their own town, their community, their own ways, and Kino has hers, and the people they've enslaved have theirs, or had theirs. So, everyone has a story, everyone has a way of living, and there's no real judgment on the part of the series towards it. I mean, of course, slavery's bad, but in the context of two people meeting and getting to know each other before you know their outright story... You're just judging them as normal people, hearing their point of view. Right. You know, and then you find out, oh, obviously a bad guy. <laughs> I think the Star Trek comparison is is a particularly brilliant one because the structure of the show is very much like old Star Trek. <laughs> We're going to a new planet, aka country, where the people do X. And we see that, and that foreshadows kind of what the plot twist at the end of the episode is going to be. But but we're going in, and and oh here's here's Kino eating some food, and and it looks delicious. And then weird plot twist, and kind of creepy behavior from the town that's been under the surfaces now. But it's not always creepy, but I guess the creepy ones stick out in my mind so much. Well, there's always this air of I don't know. There's a suspenseful kind of air to a lot of the shows, like the ones with the slavers, for example. Mm -hmm. You know, that's that's definitely one. The one where the the country that doesn't do war, 
but they kind God, of awesome. do, and they do like something even more horrible. <laughs> yeah. it, you know, like like every town, like there's no just normal town. There's no normal town. That every town is this weird. There's there's like this weird sort of socio behavioral emphasis uh, in each of these countries. They call them countries, but they're more like city states at best. Well, there, there's an air of disquiet because after you've seen, after you know how the series operates, like after a couple of episodes, <laughs> you're always waiting for the second shoe to drop. Yeah, you're, you're waiting like, for okay, dead, how... dead puppies to rain from the sky, just pretty much at any point. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really it, it was really weird. Those getting used to the show, um, but but you do, and and I think that. I think you do learn this sort of defensive behavior of like, oh god, the other shoe's gonna drop, the hammer's gonna fall, it's gonna be terrible. Like, like the one, okay, the. So we're probably gonna jump all over the place here. I think talking about different episodes, and it, it doesn't matter because they're episodic. But the very last one, oh my freaking god! So they have they have her roll into this town that's very much like the town Kino actually comes from. Yeah, and yes, we do get an origin story episode here, but. Um, it's very much like the town Kino comes from, and there's this little girl who I think reminds Kino of herself, who incidentally looks a lot like the main character of the Promised Neverland in the Shonen Jump manga. So that that was kind of weird, but you know, like this this whole thing kind of resolves without incident. <laughs> but you're getting like these foreshadowed hints of, man, like they're really insistent about this like three days, and like there's this kind of sense of urgency what's going on and then like they tell her exactly where to go so she can have this really good she doesn't know this is the time but they tell her where to go so she can get this really good look of the town being like wiped out by lava <laughs> yeah yeah i was just like like really really guys like we can't have like one just straight up like wholesome episode nope nope you gotta do something evil and horrible <laughs> it's, it's not always evil and horrible there's a lot of you know, straight up sadness to it. And a lot of that is just confronting the human condition of, you know, never being happy. Because <laughs> even in, when you are happy, you can't sustain that because you are always dragged one way or the other. And uh, yeah, that's yeah. kind of what I love about this. It, the, the way it explores humanity, I think, is really fascinating. And again, you you get no and I'm I'm like I never have seen Kino's Journey guys just if if that hasn't already been made apparently clear uh, or abundantly clear uh, but you look at the package and you do not get the sense that this is some sort of like <laughs> deep explanation or, or or exploration of of what it is to be human and what it is to what what are ethics and what are what is the 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 right way to live and the just way to live and the the ethical way to live and I feel like this series really – that's sort of the central question that it keeps trying to, to get after. You know, and, and that's not terribly uncommon for on-the-road type stories, but uh, they do it with particular abandon in, the, in this show, I think. Yeah, I mean it's, it's not as contemplative as, say, or it doesn't have the tonal heaviness of Mushishi. Uh, I don't know if you've seen Mushishi. 
I've seen uh, a few Mushishi. I need to see a whole lot more. All right, because that they're those are usually weighty. Like you watch one, you don't want to. You just want to sit in silence after that episode finishes for a while. But you you kind of know like that's kind of what you're getting off the out of the off the box, right? <laughs> like you look at that and you go, okay, there's some spirits, there's some ghosts. Like Kino's journey is like cute girl with a motorbike yay like like you don't get like any kind of sense that oh no you're going to be wrestling with like deep moral questions <laughs> prepare thyself you know you don't get a sense of that or i didn't at least the, the, no no i had heard about this through many conventions that i went through and it had always been on my like to watch list because the the cover art was gorgeous i always found it striking the color palette specifically because it's this not sepia toned but definitely sort of that hued back that, that sort of reminiscent sort of evocative feel yeah it has sort of a a storybook vintagey kind of feel to it yeah maybe but like you said like that that doesn't prepare you for the realness of everything that is to come yeah i so i i see i see something you have here in in the in the show notes that is is helpful because like I, I honest to God thought that it was just like the transfer was really horrible or something. But so so I have I have the ADV discs for this, um, which are still available, uh, believe it or not. And for like eight dollars each. Yeah, they're they're super cheap, and this is like a really good show for the price. This is this is the opposite of what we did uh, last month, boys and girls, <laughs> where I paid an absorbent amount of money for a piece of garbage. This time I got like a really great anime for you know eight bucks so like the karmic balance has been reset and we're back at zero uh but uh, this is this is a great buy and uh you know get it get it definitely get it but anyway not that we're done but go buy this we're talking about the tv lines the damn tv lines man so like the first time i started watching it i'm thinking is something wrong with my tv is something wrong with the disc i like pulled the disc out and like looked at the disc and then i realized wait that kind of thing would not happen with the disc. The disc would just be screwed and it wouldn't work. So then I'm like, is my HDMI cable like out of place or something? I'm like, I'm like messing around with my HDMI cable. No, it's the stupid director. God rest his soul. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's a conversation. So, yeah. Yeah. Bless his heart. Um, yeah. Yeah. The lines, you're going to see these lines, and they're going to be really if, – if you're me, they're going to be really annoying. They didn't, like, fade into your viewing experience as it went on? No. Oh. I prayed every day that they did, and that did not happen. On the faces, the faces, it was easier because that's a brighter color, so it kind of washes the, the lines out a bit. Uh, and they may have done some things with the effects to kind of – you know, highlight the faces uh, and everything, but oh my god, that is so. See, speaking of vintagey textures, that was so unnecessary. See, I like it, and it was it was that was entirely of the insistence of the director uh, Ryotaro Nakamura. But at the same time, I got a question: like, if you showed that to a millennial, like, are they going to know what the fuck that's supposed to be? Like no, uh, no. Yeah. It's like this is how we. <laughs> they're used gonna to watch do TV. what I. They're gonna do what I did, and I'm not even a millennial. So. <laughs> but yeah, in the, in the days of LED TVs, you don't have any of those TV lines anymore. It's, but uh, no, 
Nobody has rabbit ears on their TVs anymore. But I, 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 I did the same thing you did when I first saw it, and I, I was like, something's got to be wrong with this disc. And thank- <laughs> I'm glad it wasn't just me, man. Oh, no, no. And I, thank God for Fandom Post. Uh, Chris Beveridge wrote up uh, a review of Kino's journey of the ADV discs, and to his credit, he I usually think he goes overboard on the, the how he describes the visuals. Like, you'll go into codecs and all this meaningless stuff that I have no idea about. Uh, but that isn't meaningless. That actually means important, <laughs> important video things. Yeah. Uh, but in, during his uh, elaboration on those, like he mentioned, oh, don't worry, it's not a problem with the transfer. It's just the visual filter the director insisted on. And I was just like, oh, okay. That's that's one of those situations where the the auteur needs to be reined in just a little bit. You go, all right, buddy, just just. Come, come, come back down from Olympus to come down here to the rest of us. <laughs> like, maybe don't do that, but clearly, clearly he won. Mm. And it is a bit of an odd choice because this is not an anime that takes place in the distant past, where you know motorcycles were, you know, just being invented or whatever. Because obviously it has an AI system in it, so it's yeah. it's this uh, anachronistic assemblage of time periods and each town is cut off from the other making it very distinct very much like uh flipping through italic calvino's invisible cities like no town really knows about the other they just share little little similarities and twists with each other but uh again another similarity to star trek is you have this massive sense of scale um you never really get a firm sense of scope on just how big this continent or whatever landmass you know is traveling on is and all of these towns are like they know rumors about each other maybe but that's it and and so in that sense it kind of is again like star trek where it's the vastness of space and she's cycling through it going to seek out new alien life and civilizations and stuff which you'll find ironic if you know the director from his other major work which was serial experiments lane which was of course about everyone being way too connected via the internet which didn't even exist back then uh, and yeah it's a great little point but the the tv lines to me i guess just to our generation it would appeal to just as that sort of nostalgic appeal of the old movies like if you were to show blips from a, a cinemascope reel like from a newsreel from the old movies to people from the previous generation they'd instantly get it whereas you know yeah most of us would be going like, that's an interesting choice. Yeah. I, 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 that kind of stuff to me only works when you're, when you're setting it up in the context of, of the, mm. the work, right? Which this does not do at all. You know, if I'm, if I'm watching something that's a period piece and they want to throw some like news of the world kind of stuff in there. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm ready for that then. I'm expecting it. You know, that's a, that's an expectation you've set for me. But but this just seems like kind of a let's do this because why not? See, I have a theory. <laughs> kind of choice. I have a theory. The filter is there to make you visually aware that you are only watching. You are not a part of it, and that in turn causes you to really question: Am I really only watching? Like, are these things only fictional? Because a lot of these towns, a lot of these countries, have a lot of real humanity to them. Yes. Yes, they do. And it, it's 
it's the kind of thing where when you're going to different countries, you could you could really easily fall into the hole of, you know, let's go to you know Germantown <laughs> and look at look at the exaggerated German people. And but it doesn't do anything like that at all. It it, it really like all of the towns feel relatively distinctive. And and again, like you said earlier. There's these really odd mashups of of vintage technology and even you know rustic kind of pre-industrial revolution kind of looking stuff, and then like more like modern and even like science fiction level kind of stuff, and it's really kind of strange, but it's neat. Yeah, there's there's a town where they're just discovering flight, and they were like pumping or they're they're louding their magicians. Uh, who are people who can grow crops the best. <laughs> that is the best episode, by the way. And that pilot is the best um, best, best secondary character. Like, oh, she is great. She, number one. Number one of the bullet. Like, absolutely. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. What do you feel like... I guess let's get back into that whole thing I tossed out earlier about collective collectivism versus individualism do you feel like this show is making a point of the virtues of freedom and and in individual choice and individuality over collective action and collectivism or do you feel like that's not as much, or did you get any sense of that i never thought about looking at it through that lens honestly um but there, there's definitely something to it because, honestly, what is a country but a group mentality because it's all one people agreeing to live in one place by a certain set of rules. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of, the, lot of the tales have either one person in the, in the country or Kino as a, a contrast to those thoughts. So it really does stress the individual by putting them up against the collective. But it's not doing it in a like a one-on-one -on -one fight scenario. Yeah, I, it doesn't really put them at odds with each other. I, I think what it, I think the show does often, in several of its episodes, show show these things as contrasts. The the pilot episode might be like one of the few where the those two those two themes really come into conflict. You know, because the 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 town, the mayor of the town, the short little dude. He's he's kind of like the dad from Flashdance. There will be no dancing in the town, you know. There will be no flying in the town. There will be no moving the statue, <laughs> you know, to, to help, you know, with crackpot ideas or you know, harebrained schemes or whatnot. And but the the young lady pilot who's you know learned all of the physics and the the engineering to pull this off. She's she kind of presses on. Uh, judgment of her peers be damned. And her ever worrying fiance. So that that's the one episode where I felt like it really came out as a stark, you know, two opposing forces. And eventually she does get the statue moved and she gets to land and it's this really cool heroic kind of thing for her. And you know, individualism triumphs in pretty much every one of these situations. Or well, it doesn't triumph. It, it triumphs in that situation. I, I think there is a there, there is sort of a read-between-the-lines message of, you know, groups of people do stupid things, and uh, the individual and individual freedom is 
is a higher virtue than everybody just running and jumping off the cliff or everybody putting in a, in an actual uh, example from the anime everybody putting cat ears on them on their heads and doing a weird dance because they're trying to find a tradition that like actually resonates with one of the travelers but the, and they switch it off if if it doesn't work they switch to a different tradition and like that actually is their tradition they just don't realize it um, um I, so i don't know that it gets like super serious about that about that subject certainly you know it doesn't approach it with a lot of intellectual rigor if if they were trying to go that way because a lot of the the sort of collective you know group think type things are very extreme straw man kind of kind of things you know but uh I I do think it it kind of suggests that you know freedom and 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 the open road is freedom and you know by by being in the life of the traveler Aquino is more free than anybody. Well, it kind of hones down to the the idea of uh, simplicity being beautiful, which uh, comes from the Buddhist teachings uh, or Buddhist values and. That, along with sort of this uh, emotional uh, overflow and uh, just sort of living in the moment, uh, just being where you are and who you are, which is very much what Kino is. I mean, she is a travel, she travelers, uh, she's a traveler, she travels. Uh, and that set that that simplistic beauty of rest and of knowing oneself versus all the turmoil she encounters in these towns, all, all the conflicts that she's you know finding herself in the middle of that are not her conflict. So she's allowed to stay centered because she is herself. And these towns, being themselves, uh, have no other recourse but that. But the the real conflict, how that comes into play, is her coming to visit because you see. The disparity between them. Yeah, and and sometimes her coming to visit throws carefully laid things out of balance, <laughs> you know. And sometimes uncarefully laid things. Sometimes uncarefully laid things. So let's let's talk a little bit more about the the Buddhist aspects because I, I think that's an interesting line of thought. You know, there definitely seems to be a sense of suffering is kind of part of life, and the brutality of life is is just a, a basic fact. That's one of the things that you kind of see in a few different versions, you know. Expound, give us a little bit more on that, Inc. Because I think you've you've been thinking about that a little, probably a little bit more than I have. I haven't really thought about the Buddhist implications of of the of the anime itself. Sadly, I, I, there there is a, a wonderful post, and I will link to it if I can find it um, again on the internet. I'm not I'm not huge into Buddhism. I don't know words about it. I know simple touchstones, um, especially how it relates to some of the, the literature uh, or literary aspects in Japan, but um, just the few notes I mentioned really, uh, yeah, that, that's about what I know. The, the article I'll link to goes into a huge degree of depth, and unfortunately, my memory being what it is, I have not retained <laughs> Whatever I read from it. Yeah, uh, no worries. Let, let, we'll see if we can put it in the show notes. I think that's interesting mm-hmm. to think about, though. And it's I, I'm many many years from my my one philosophy of religion course I took, so I, I dare not speculate uh, too deeply about it. But but I, I I think that's a very interesting line of thought. And and I think if you know you're thinking about one of the the basic tenets being life is suffering and 
how we bear that suffering is 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 important and how we respond to it is important and that's sort of kind of how you get it towards enlightenment and I'm probably butchering a lot of stuff so send all your hate mail to uh, ink at com. but um, the, um I, I think that's interesting because I mean the one episode that springs to mind well two episodes that spring to mind are the the last two um in the series the one with the war the, the the two countries that are at war with each other that for like 200 years and they figure out a new way to do war where none of their soldiers has to die, which basically amounts to them massacring a third nation together and trying to get the highest body count. That one and then the one uh, – the, the very last episode where the, the town gets wiped out by um, an you know, act of nature, the magma, both of those to me kind of kind of ring true about that sort of – you know, this is our fate. This is we accept what we have to accept, and this is this is who we are. Kind of, kind of thought. So, and that actually does tie back into the, the Buddhist thought. Uh, something I remembered is uh, the the fleeting nature of humanity uh, as something beautiful, and that's totally what you see throughout this. Because all the sad tales, all the angry tales, all the murderous tales, they all come down to the same thing: is is something of loss. And that loss just stains everything throughout the show, but it's also what makes it so goddamn beautiful because it's it's deep, it's human, it's painful, it's beautiful. And there there's a phrase they use throughout the show is uh, the world is not beautiful, and because of that it is, or the world is beautiful because it is not. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, and that, that right down to it. Yeah, the show gets straight out savage at times. Uh, and I think it's maybe not necessarily trying to force that point down your throat, but man, it it it, it sure does. It, it, those 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 episodes where you have just this like the slaver episode, the war episode. Do you know the the episode that kicked my ass like that was the the town that decided everything by. Majority. Oh, that one was bad too. Yeah. Oh, oh, that one was. Oh. It goes out with a bang. Yeah, it sure does. That's a very. <laughs> That that's like a very Twilight Zone kind of deal, you know. Like to be the last guy in a town where everything was decided by majority rule, and and it descended into chaos. And I think that I think that's the episode really that that got me thinking about the collective versus the individual. It almost felt like okay, okay, we get it, we get it. <laughs> you know, like this is a little much, but. You could you could pull that one apart to the nines though because he was only alone because his wife died and he was really happy being in that that stalemate with her, you know they they either decided together or nothing changed. Yeah, and if there was a third party, they would just execute them. Um, yes. <laughs> so like basically the the town, the the town had majority rule, and they decided that people who didn't comply with that idea or wanted to amend that idea in any way uh, would be executed. So it was straight up like mob rule, worst parts of the French Revolution kind of thing, and, and it got all the way down to, to this guy and his wife, and then the wife dies, and then he's alone. And it's like that's the part about it to me that was just you know, Rod Sterling's going to like do a voiceover <laughs> any minute, you know? Another thing that struck me about this that I, I like a lot is that Kino really – she just does not have time for anything other than her other than her three days, and she's gone. Like you know, there are multiple times where she's invited to stay. There are 
people who she could probably have deeper friendships with that, um, you know, that, that doesn't happen. Um, I, you know, she's, she is absolutely married to the road basically. Um, and I thought that was, that was sort of kind of a Mad Max kind of thing about her, <laughs> you know, or, or even you could even you know say that's kind of an old West trope. You know, it's, it's, the 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 cow the cowgirl rides in she she does what she's got to do and you know she might you know help a help a couple of people out and then she rides off into the sunset sometimes literally so I, I thought that was that was an interesting piece of of the anime as well I, I yeah I think we've gone over that before that's I, I like that that is she is the traveler like you know, tropish or not. It just totally works with the show. It does. I mean, you know, the thing about tropes are when they're done well, they're not cliched. They actually work. And this is this is an example of of that uh, of that thing uh, happening. You know, I I kind of thought I would like it more than I did, and I think part of that is because episodic things typically it's harder for me to like those because formula grates on me after a while. And this this show does a good job of keeping that formula fresh and like mixing it up a bit, and adding some some dynamic elements to it, uh, and and kind of flipping things around. Um, so it's not like really rote or anything like that. But uh, but it it was good. It was pretty good. Yeah, like I enjoyed it. it, it is it gonna go on like my 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 top shelf with like my my sacred cows? Probably not. But it was a good show. Do you have any other thoughts on the on the show, Inc.? Oh, sure. Like, I, I use this in my uh, poetry panel as uh, one of the great definitions or uh, great revisionings of a, a literary uh, staple in Japan, which is called the, uh, the literary diary or the travel diary. It's, it's a perfect example of one just because there is a poem in there. There's, a, there's an entire story that centers around a poem in there, which is, again, the, uh, the emphasis on like, an emotional overflow. Um, in the sad, the sad land, which I also think has some of the best art in the series, uh, just because it gets a little abstract in there. Yeah, that's a that was a neat episode. Oh, man, that fish hook move gets me every single time. The poetic thing about the series is the fact that there's so much prose in between the little moments that mean so much, and those are more or less the the poems inserted amongst the prose, and. So you get little little reflections of Kino just sort of being where she is and admiring the state of things before, you know, not reflecting on where she's been or thinking about where she's going, but where she is right now and how much everything of that means. And the entire series is punctuated like that. You get little little moral lessons, but mostly you get experience and wonder and awe just from observations of humanity, and that's... That's, that's a wonderful travel diary. That's a pretty damn good thought. <laughs> let's shift very briefly. Well, so let's just touch on it because it's 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 out there. It's going on. the The new series is out. Um, it's it's currently airing um, as of the time of this recording. So you know, obviously, we're not going to spoil anything. I've only seen one episode. I think Ink, you're current, right? Mm -hmm. Just really quickly to talk about that. I really like what I've seen so far from the first episode, the the not having the damn TV lines in there does wonders for it. Um, 
I, I do like how they they're it feels to me like in a lot of aspects visually at least they are trying to stay true to the original anime series um that there's a couple of shots the iconic like her starting her bike and the you know exhaust poofing out of the back and, and, and her getting ready to drive off and or ride off i guess you know that's um that's there i the the character design for her feels like she's a year or two older maybe it's because she's not in like an oversized trench coat anymore that basically like swallows her up entirely uh and then she has a giant hat on <laughs> in the original so it you know it, it's it's very polished looking it's it's very nice looking for um for for you know kind of a, a refresh of of the of the show uh or of the property i guess and um really uh Really like what I saw from the first episode so far. It seems like it stays fairly true to that, uh, to that you know, study of human <laughs> human behavior. Because the first episode is is a town where it's okay to murder people, <laughs> which um, actually doesn't go exactly like you might think it would. But that's all I'll say about it. Uh, Ink, do you, what what thoughts do you have about the new at least five episodes that are out so far? Bridging what you left off with. Um, I was really glad it didn't go the way I thought it was going to go in the, the first town they visited because that reinforced my my sense of how this series would be handled. Like it's it's not going to be straightforward. It's going to keep in tune with the old kinos and be have these ambiguous towns where you really don't know what's going to happen. And I was like, oh good, it can still make me wonder. And that's a that's the best part about kinos. <laughs> you just do not know. I dislike the lack of tv lines but at the same time like well everything feels a little too clean without them like i wouldn't mind having a filter gone if everything was a little less polished it was done in a little different style because it just feels mollified and for no good reason you take a look at the character design in the original kinos her, her head was a ball so I mean that's she was she was a blob and uh, the the original the original designs are very flat too and just in general yeah I kind of dug that though like and I loved how the trench coat just swallowed the body and you know she was just this this thing you didn't know what was underneath she she could be kind she could be dangerous I mean she had like sixteen knives on her <laughs> and a few and two guns uh, I do love the way they make her sleep in this series. Because they, they show her constantly resting on a cot or going down throughout subs uh, or laying down uh, in subsequent episodes. Uh, and she just keeps always uh, a pistol in her hand across her chest. And that it's just it's a really it's a really nice touch. And the way this this series I don't like the 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 color palette is good. It's true to the original, but the attention to lighting in particular I love in this in this reboot. There is a uh, a scene in that first episode where literally she's in the same room, I think across four scenes and it's different times of day, all separated by just brief moments. And the color palette changes drastically with them, but realistically with them. And so do the shadows and the textures, they just come alive. And it's, it's like the show really knows how to present itself. I just wish it did so a little less cleanly because Kinos is not a clean series. I think I think that we're like completely 180 from each other on this particular thing because I I like 
the TV lines just got on my damn nerves. <laughs> um, the uh, I do I I did like the the trench coat, but uh, you know one of the things that as soon as I started watching this, I was like, wow, this is like a really God, this looks like a '90s anime, but it's even, but it's so flat looking. Like everything's drawn so flat. Like all of the characters have like just enough detail to like evoke their 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 personalities and characterization, and that's it. Like not a whole lot of anything else. And it was okay. I mean, I kind of chalked it up as to okay, this was the end thing back then. All right, I get it. The I immediately finished. The, the original series of Kino's Journey and then started the first episode of the new of the new series and it was like oh man this looks gorgeous um it, you know that just the the colors are right there they they really didn't they didn't mess with that a lot because that really that was something that really worked well in the old series um completely agree with you on the lighting um uh in uh the the scenes where she's you know doing the the drawing practice shall we say um that was really good. Um, the way that they've got Hermes um, rendered uh, and the, the way Hermes looks looks great. I think he looks really good. Um, the light effects on the bike uh, and the way light hits the bike looks really good. You know, I mean, it's 2017 CG versus, <laughs> yeah. you know, 2000, early 2000 CG. So, I mean, obviously there's going to be a lot of improvement there, but there. Uh, I, I will the, the 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 CG from that the first series was actually pretty good though because they knew their limits and they stayed in them like they didn't try to do anything really crazy um, and I, I think the main thing that the the CG now you can just do more with it so they're doing more with it like these little banking turns she does which are really smooth looking and really cool I, I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing where it goes from here uh, and uh, can't wait to see the other four episodes. Yeah, there's there's speaking to the CG implementation. There's a there there's a lot of shots of Kino rolling up and stepping off and then interacting with the 2D characters, and it's really interesting because it actually works. It doesn't work all that you know doesn't work absolutely fluidly, but you know it's a ton better than a lot of stuff you see, and you know I'm I'm actually okay with that. Yeah, it's. It's 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 pretty cool. Like I, I'm 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 hopeful for for this this new series. Like in terms of content I, and and context, I think it's going to be pretty much the same. Um, because I think, you know, you occasionally get episodes where there's a bit of, I don't know if it's advancement with Kino's character or not, or or her own personal story, but there there's occasionally episodes that are more personal to her. So I don't I don't know that we're gonna see like a lot of building up the the world off of that, but you know we'll see. It'll be it'll be interesting to find out. You know it was funny because you mentioned Hellgirl as a, a a big parallel to the series before, and it just struck me because of the way Hellgirl, at least the first season, is structured. Um, you only get to know Ienma in the last four episodes, and it's the fourth from last and the latter two and there's a there's an episode in between that spaces you from them and this is exactly what kinos does uh at, at the end of its series is it gives you the flashback then it gives you a couple like really kino heavy episodes that to let you 
you know, get to know her as a, as a person, not the traveler. And yeah, I, I dig that. But what a qualm I do have with this reboot is that it explains a lot. Like when it when it sits back and lets the town be the town is the is still the best part of Kinos. But there's a lot of times where she's sitting on the bank talking to someone she encounters, uh, or her and Hermes are having a discussion. It just feels like they're laying out all the rules of the episodes, whereas that came across organically in in the original series. And I've noticed it a lot because Kinos is a show don't tell. Uh, but I absolutely adore. And when it when it spent like the first five minutes in that first episode explaining her tra- the way she travels, I was like, see, but you didn't have to do that. <laughs> do you think some of that is because they're trying to do this as a reboot? It's very possible, like a Full Metal Alchemist reboot. The, the, the first – yeah, because uh, – so the, the first episode of the new series doesn't – it's not like an origin story or anything like that. Like you don't get any kind of where does this girl come from and why is she doing all these things she's doing and why, why the hell is the bike talk and how'd they meet and like, you know, what's going on? Like you don't get any of that from the – the first episode, and I don't know if you, how much of it you get from the next four after that, but um, I think if they're going with sort of like just a straight up like in media race kind of kind of delivery of the story, it could be that they feel like whether it's right or wrong, it could be that they feel like they have to give a little bit more expository information, you know, in the structure of the story to kind of set up things that have to happen later. Now that having been said. And not having experienced it, it may be just that they're just not executing that as cleanly as they did uh, the team did in the last uh, series. But I was surprised that they didn't do, you know, Kino getting bit by a radioactive spider and getting her Kino powers and all that. You know, like at least a little bit of that, like right at the beginning, just to give people who are brand new to it a, a little bit of grounding in who Kino is. But nope, it's just she rolls up. It's almost like Fury Road. Like you better you better have done your homework before you come in here. Because all you're gonna see is is like straight up Max run into the car, or you know Keto riding around on on her uh, motor rad on on the the pastoral roads of wherever the hell we are. Yeah, well there there is the the exposition comes when she meets the stranger before she goes to the town where everyone can murder themselves, and then they discuss there. Like, because then, oh, Kino only stays for three days. Why does she stay for three days? Well, it's just because she travels. And, it's like, ah. and, you, you, and you knew you knew that when you saw that dude, you're like, okay, okay, he's 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 the he's the threat this episode. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Like that was that was really telegraphed like real easily. Yeah. So uh, on to Twitter questions. On to Twitter questions. Uh, from uh, our friend Alex Osborne, who is at Alex. C. Osborne uh, on Twitter. Uh, of the 13 episodes from the original series, which is your favorite? And do you think the art direction and animation have aged gracefully over the past 14 years? Ink, what's your favorite episode? I think you might have mentioned it, but what's your favorite episode anyway? There's so many. So many. Yeah. What, what, getting on. to pick one is tough. Like, honestly, the, the one that always comes to my mind is the Sad Land. Um, just because everything comes together so beautifully. You have um, a, a different art style because it's a reflection on a story being told. 
and Kino's like Kino's nowhere in the story. All she is is someone being told a story in that land and hearing uh, the the thing that inspired that story. Uh, it's just so bloody sad, and gorgeous because of mm. it. And that just sort of symbol that that's just Kino's in a in a nutshell. That whole episode is really good. But the the other one that comes to mind is the one with the the three people laying the rails and cleaning the rails and dissecting the rails because so Buddhist. <laughs> and like, I'll say that not knowing thoroughly what it is, but that's just something, one of the things that clocked me over the head, just going, you know, there's something underlying this. This is important. And it fits well in with the story that she tells the, the people laying the rails too, because she, she's telling these people about this, uh, technologically advanced civilization where no one has to work, mm -hmm. but they force themselves to work and they all hate it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like everything, the, the culmination of every little thing in both of those stories is fantastic. And the, the way the sad land is framed is even better uh, because that's not only the respite between two halves of a story, but that's its own story. And our story it's it's lovely mm. how about you what was your what was your favorite episode i i think my or two i i mean it you know like you said picking one is pretty tough um i think my favorite favorite is and you know the big shock for people that know me um it's the one with the plane um yeah the land of wizards episode um i really liked that one I liked how the focus the focus of the story felt like it almost went off Kino like as much as it does in the entire show. Um, and and we're really kind of following uh, the the young engineer uh, lady uh, whose name is uh, Nina and and her you know trying to build this flying machine. Uh, and 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 focusing on her dream, like even though like nobody else um, except Kino and and uh, Hermes, of course, uh, really believe in her, and she presses forward and builds the plane, and it's like it's one of the happier episodes <laughs> in the series. Um, you know, definitely, you're probably the happiest episode in the series. That one is really good. Um, I also liked uh, the. Uh, the mechanical dolls one, mm. which is the one where she comes up, uh, stumbles upon this old lady who claims to be a mechanical doll, and you know she's the maid for this family, and she's taking care of them, and it becomes apparent to Kino pretty quickly that the family are mechanical dolls, and um, you know that one that one's really good. Um, it has a it has a great ending. Um, but like a really kind of sad one too. And then I, I'm going to sneak in a third because damn it, it's our show and we could sneak in thirds if we want to. Um, the, the, the one with the books, I love that one. the, the land of books. <laughs> that's a, that's a great episode. Um, you a, know, a little ham fisted or a little, that's uh, a little ham fisted. Hits you over the head. It's a little ham fisted. Um, but if you're like, I felt like it was almost like. A note to otaku critics like us, <laughs> you know, like, like enjoy critiquing things, but like let people have their fun with something too, you know, like mm. 
that was I mean I, I felt like that was speaking like at me directly. <laughs> um, it's also you know being the character in your book versus you know it's that old, that's that old yeah of like are you the character or are you the reader? Right, yeah. right, right, and but it's played with so fun uh, with, with such uh, with, with such exuberance and joy and that really you know it, it reminds me like they i think it's that episode where it it does this sort of like kind of wink at, at the at the audience with the idea it raises the question of you know maybe then this may be a different episode i could be i could be mixing them up but but maybe you're actually you you you're it basically it basically gives you an alternate sort of explanation for what's going on with Kino is like she's this sick girl in this apocalyptic world who's behind a curtain who her dad who's wearing like he's a doctor or something he's wearing a gas mask and he like has this device that basically is like sword art online style inserts her into the book so she's actually living the book um, and experiencing the book, and she can just stay in that land and not have to think about the apocalyptic world around them or how she's like bedridden for the rest of her life or whatever. And I was just like, whoa, <laughs> that's a, that's really, um, that's really interesting. And um, I kind of, in my personal headcanon, that's, that's kind of what the truth is, is that Kino's actually in the Matrix, like doing this, like, everlasting journey and you know actually it's it's all it's all just the book she's living the book and like driving around uh going to all these towns where of course of course we're going to be you know talking about how messed up society is because there is no society in the real world anymore um and it's sort of like a a, a lamentations of of everything awful with humanity that led to its demise but um anyway <clears throat> yeah those are my three favorites <laughs> Now I, I thought you were going to say the Coliseum one because you said you you really liked the Coliseum one. Yeah, it was good. And yeah, I, it, it, that's actually my least favorite Kino's tale. Like out of every single one, including the ones in the new one, which actually also includes the Coliseum one. Oh God! Um, just just because it's I don't know two episodes feels way too long for that story, and the it's, new it's the new... it's the only two episode. It's the only two episode thing we have in the whole in the whole series and the plot structure that this is designed for does not work well uh if you if if you pull it out of that tension of having to tell the story in 24 minutes like it it falls apart to me mm. but the uh the new one actually cuts it down to one episode and certain aspects of it works certain aspects of it doesn't but it's still just uh it's, it's one of the ones i can definitely leave out without feeling too bad except and this ties in with our other twitter question uh for the two people they meet oh um alex had that secondary part where he was asking about the art direction oh, that's right um that's fine um do you think just yes or no do you think the art direction and animation have aged gracefully i'm biased because I, I love the art direction of the old ones so i'm gonna say yeah because it was stand out then, I think it's stand out now, and it's not because of the the filter. It's it's more how, just how wonderfully that color palette fits to the characters and the situation. Uh, the designs are still wonderful to watch. 
um, everything has character, like the, the, the backgrounds, the, the facades on the, the buildings, the, the motor rad. Yeah, just everything seems unique and out of place. And I, I love I love how everything comes across with it. And it's all, I, I will completely loud whoever did the, uh, the art for that. Mm. Um, I will say yes with an asterisk, and the asterisk is that filter is the devil, <laughs> and I hate it. Um, but but I do think it holds up. It's um, it's not my favorite art direction, uh, but the color palette looks great, um, and that that's good. I mean, and the animation for its time I think is is pretty solid. And looking back at that age of animation i think this would be a very interesting and, and and kind of standout property like you said to 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 experience in in its own time frame um I mean, so t- 2003 was when the original full metal alchemist was you know born so yeah bones was doing kick-ass work back then very true uh so the second question that you were alluding to uh, comes from our friend Kate, who is uh, one half of the Reverse Thieves, and you can of course find her at at Narutaki RT. Uh, she, this is a this is this is like a push pulling question. Why are Shizu and Riku the best? Um, they're not the best. Uh, the the pilot girl uh, Nimia is the best. Uh, thank you for playing. They 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 will take like silver. I'll give them silver, but not gold. Gold medal goes to her, but. Um, that's just me, and, and Kate knows my email address, so she can send her hate mail to me. Uh, Ink. <laughs> Riku is – well, neither of those characters are the best, but Riku is awesome because he's a sarcastic dog who loves to pick fights with Hermes. Uh, a sarcastic talking dog is pretty amazing. Yeah, and you don't even – like in, in, that first, in that first episode – or in the first se- uh, season, in the original se- series uh, – you don't really hear anything from the dog until that very last bit. And then you're like, oh, shit, it's a talking dog. <laughs> <laughs> like, go, that's, the, that's the bad thing about having seen the first one and then watching the second one. It's like they still keep him silent for most of the, most of the episode. But then he talks and you're like, oh, thank God it's a talking dog. And I loved his voice, too, because he has like this old man voice. Yes. <laughs> it was great. Like I halfway expected him to turn around and have a cigar sticking out of his muzzle. (laughs) Damn robot! (laughs) You know? Um, And and I'm I'm really happy that the the characters are there. I I don't want to see them come back. Um, And I think it was implied that they will be reoccurring within the new series, but I'm not sure. Uh, But, you know, seeing seeing that dog be so happy while he's getting his hair brushed is just... (laughs) <laughs> That's love. Any any dog lover will just, you know. Yes. Aww. Yes. Yes. I mean, look, if it wasn't for planes, okay? If it wasn't for planes and Mechanic Girl building a plane, I, the, the the dog would be, like, god tier. Because, um, obviously, I'm, I'm a dog fan. But, uh, but yeah. Any, uh, any final thoughts, Ink, before we wrap up? Kino's journey isn't... Excellent episodic anime if you like slow, philosophical, thoughtful pieces about humanity and people's place in the world. Go watch it. I'll second that. It is a a good animated program. Go watch it. Uh, Ink, where can people find you on the interwebs and beyond? Laundry list of places. Uh, 
So uh, I'll, I'll throw them up in the show notes, but I, I became part of the Crunchyroll Features staff. So I actually wrote two pieces uh, about Kino's journey, one about its uh, slice of life uh, execution, and uh, one with Illogenes, or at Illogenes on uh, Twitter, as uh, sort of a how viewers will perceive this if they've seen it or if they haven't before. Mm. So I'm like, looking forward to the new the new season. Um, I also am going to be on Taiku Podcast talking about Two Car. <laughs> it's the best comedy this season. I don't care what anyone says. Um, and uh, of course, on Anagamers, uh, I'm in the background. I, we just put out all of our three-episode tests, so go read those to see what we thought about the current airing anime which is already halfway over the season that's just insanity it is uh, where else uh you'll find me on fandompost.com i have a kaiji 10 years later uh review coming up and also uh otaku usa magazine uh gotta go subscribe there for a few physical pages to read some words and actually, you can actually go up to otakusamagazine.com, and they've started throwing up some features and uh, uh, reviews of, uh, up there as well. <clears throat> and uh, uh, Animated Action Podcast, I did uh, two episodes with... Uh, why can't I remember his name? It's horrible to me. Doug. Uh, <laughs> two episodes with Doug on uh, Samurai Jack, the final season. Uh where I heard we, we resort to giggling a lot and smushy or mushy compliments uh, <laughs> in the uh, latter half of the second episode. Uh, also, Daily Anime Podcast. Uh, I just did an episode about uh, Dusk Maiden of Amnesia with Jeff, and that was a fantastic time because, like, uh, like he knows, that's just a good, sad story. and It's one of my favorite ghost stories, so go check that out, too. How about you, Jared? Um, <laughs> I, I uh, where am I? Sorry, we don't have any more time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, so I, I just uh, got out some some stuff for uh, Anna Gamers, the three episode test. Um, enjoyed that. Um, looking forward to doing some more writing over there. Um, let's see. I'm also. Uh, Part of the staff of Wave Motion Cannon, I need to finish up things that I am working on for them. Um, life has been a bit crazy lately, but I'm working on it and uh, expect to, to see some stuff over there as well. Um, and, of course, you can find me here uh, where I am uh, doing the, the whole old talking to radio thing with Ink once a month. So, uh, yeah, that's it. So... Uh, for Inc., for myself, uh, everybody, thank you very much uh, for your support. And uh, definitely uh, we're rate us on iTunes, rate us on Google Play, rate us on Stitcher, rate us everywhere you find us. Um, you know, five-star reviews, one-star reviews, whatever you want. You know, 3.14175 reviews, that's fine too. Um, you know. Leave us comments in the, on the page that this post is actually on, and we will – Maybe answer you, maybe ignore you. We don't know yet. <laughs> it kind of depends on your question. Um, ask about planes and dogs. I'll definitely respond to you. Um, 
but yeah, that, that's that's uh, that's it for us uh, this month. And uh, thank you guys very much. And we'll we'll see you guys for our December episode, uh, which will probably not be Santa related, but you never know. Good night, everybody. Someone I absolutely could not do this show without. Well, we just did that a little, little less slurry like. <laughs> I thought that was perfectly on point. <laughs> Let me tell you about this guy. Tell you about this guy, man. It's the best guy.